0: Hello, I'm Pastor Paul, an associate pastor at Living Word, and this is our podcast. I want to say thank you for joining us today. I know this message will minister to your spirit, and it will build your faith. I know God will move in your life because you are a doer of the Word. Enjoy today's message. We'll jump right into the Word a little
1: bit. I want you to have an expectation for what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you. He said to me as I was preparing today that his people deserved something from him. So I'm very aware he wants to impart something into your heart and into your life during our worship time. I believe that he will move sovereignly. That's what I, I believe he wants to do. That means he's just going to begin to minister to you. When we minister to the Lord, we should always expect to receive a harvest of what we're giving to him. So when we don't know what to do, we imagine what we need from him, and we begin to to pour into him an appropriate loving action about that, giving him attention, giving him affection, drawing near to him. Well, we're in an interesting time. I, I, I didn't really know until this morning that I was going to be bringing any word tonight, let alone this word. But this has to do with recognizing what time it is in in God's calendar. You know, in scripture there's times, there's seasons, and there's ages. We are at an intersection of all three, okay? There's time that is on God's calendar that is different than our clock calendar. God's calendar moves by events of things that he has planned for his family in the earth, for the full act of redemption to take place, for Jesus to return and to take his church, then there's a a period coming after the tribulation and, and the rapture that is the end of a season. We talk about harvest season being on for the family of God. In scripture, right before an age ends, there's a harvest. It means a cycle is complete in what God had in mind. Then there's ages. The scripture talks about the world in a a state before man, a prehistory. People always wonder, what do you do with the prehistoric things? They existed. The Bible talks about the ages before man existed. So the, the earth was here. There's an age that we're in that is drawing to a close. That is the church age. There is another age coming, which is age to come, which is Jesus' millennial reign and and heaven for us. Now, we're not in the ages to come yet, but we're almost to the end of one and the beginning of one. So we are at a crossroads of all kinds of activity, all kinds of things that are in God's heart for us to discover we're in a generation that should discover more about our relationship with God and his purpose in our life than any other that ever existed. Because in God's heart, things have to be completed. So what I believe is happening now is he's tapping a lot of people to see who will yield to him and give him some of our capacity. Jesus said when we would yield to his request, our life would get easier and it would get better. I do not know a lot of people that have experienced easy and or better in the last few years, and this will explain why. If we are not in line with what God is doing, we will be stymied or we will have a setback rather than moving ahead. But when we line up with what God asks for and what Jesus himself told us would make the difference, there is an anointing that comes. And what I mean by that is the presence of God settles in on us and we have comfort and we have peace and we receive direction. Tonight, when when I I ask uh, through Pastor Josh to chat with Ben about the young people being with us tonight, it's because this is seed for what God will do during camp week. And I know it but it's not necessarily that he wants to wait until camp meet to have some great move of God because he begins to prepare our hearts and minds for what he has to say so that we can hear it and recognize it when his word comes. And by then his word will come concerning many things. We'll be just approaching the halfway mark of our year. I believe at that point, there will be a new anointing on the body of Christ that he is wanting to pour out. He said in Acts 2, and before that in Joel 2, he would pour out his spirit on all flesh at the end of this age. Well, we are there. I believe that outpouring has already happened, but many don't recognize it because we don't engage in what God wants us to do with our life, even a little bit. When we do a little bit, we see him bless that little bit. And I believe that I know this. He said his people deserve to have this experience. He wants us to have this. So I'm gonna quickly share some things from the word because what I'm believing God will do tonight is move sovereignly coming upon you for the work of his Holy Spirit. Sometimes hands are laid on for that. I I don't believe that's to happen tonight. I believe you are to have an experience you can have anytime, anywhere by your choices to worship the Lord and call on his name. He wants you to have that experience where you have continued moments of of comfort from the Holy Spirit, of peace that comes upon you in the middle of anything that is turmoil, and for you to recognize how to know the will of God. And we're going to talk about that as much as we can in the the next 20 minutes or so. Now, uh, I'll begin in Psalm 139. It tells us God is shaping us into what he has in mind, and our life revolves around that. When we're praying for something to change or we want to see God's will in our life and we don't see answers, it's because we're not praying the right thing. We're not asking for the right thing. We're not asking for what God wants. When we tap into a little bit of what God wants, we get a whole lot of what we want because he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But there's a matter of diligence that many people give up on. The scripture describes diligence as being a person in a dark room or a dimly lit room that has to feel their way around to find out a path where they want to go. So diligently has to do with us investing and making some adjustments with our ability to see what God wants and look. Look looking out of a dark place, looking out of a lack of knowledge, looking out of our own ignorance and say, God, help me see what it is. I don't know how many times in my lifetime I've cried out to God, help me see something. Now, many, many, many years later, it's easy for me to see things that he wants to reveal. And I believe tonight that anointing in part, at least, will come upon you. That's the experience he wants you to have. Now, Psalm one thirty nine is talking about uh, the psalmist is describing what God has done before we ever knew He existed. He formed He formed my innermost being. That means down on the inside of you is a spirit like God. You knit me in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw me yet unformed. In your book are all these things written down. My days were shaped before one came to be. Now, those phrases mean this: God has a deed of purpose and a corresponding commission for your life that existed before you began to take on a body in your mother's womb. That means he, he, he paid a price, then he gave us a commission. That means there's something we're to accomplish that's assigned to us. Now, he not only says that, but he says it's, it's registered as a decree from God. He's ordered us to become something, but we may not have heard the order. He's asking us to accomplish something for his kingdom, but we may not know what it is. But all of heaven knows because a decree has gone out over heaven involving your name. That's impressive. You're being talked about in heaven. Now, he says that that there is a lifetime journey that is predetermined and preordained. That's what that phrase means when you look at the original words predetermined by God himself. And the decree has gone out. So he's not changing his mind about whatever that is. A lot of times we get things backward and we think I'm going to find a way to make a living and then see what I can do for the master. But what he wants to do is reveal what we're supposed to do for the master so he can engage us in making a living and we do better so that he can help us. Why? We're suddenly lining up with his purpose. Now, with every bit of unrest, there, there, there is a come-to-Jesus moment in that. What I believe will, will happen as we pray is we'll come into a season of unrest and we'll think, I'm not feeling any better about this. That's when we press into the master and have a conversation. That's when we say, Lord, am I, have I missed the mark somewhere? You should expect to miss the mark sometimes. We don't want to keep missing the mark, but there's, there's a feeling God lets us have when we're missing the mark. You best recognize that when you've had a little bit of success in something, and you compare the little bit of success that we celebrate with the missing the mark that feels sad and depressing, and there is a, a conflict, there's a difference. Uh, he wants to resolve the difference. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When things aren't going the way we expect, there is a heaviness of, 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 of a lack of knowledge. There is an unrest that comes that he wants us to break out of it. He says, we have to come to him for that. We're not going to get that by making the next three good decisions based on how smart we are or who we know. We're going to come out of that by coming to the Master and humbling ourselves and saying, I'm missing something somewhere. Help me know what that is. That's a prayer he wants to answer. And that's how we are most led by the Holy Spirit by having that knowing or that feeling and asking the right question. He says, Take my yoke upon you. He didn't say he would put it on us. You have heard people teach, Well, you know, the Holy Spirit is just waiting for you to submit so he can put God's yoke on you. That's not accurate. Jesus said, we take hold of it and put it on us. We do that by faith, okay? We do that by praying a simple prayer. God, I recognize I'm not quite in synchrony with you. I'm not synchronized with you or things would be better than they are right now. Whenever you have a sense of being dissatisfied and you believe God has something for you in it, the experience is I need to get closer to Jesus and find out what it is he's got his arm out to put around me for. What is he wanting me to line up with in his will? Because think of it this way, the times and the seasons, and and all of that depend on you lining up with Jesus because he will do with you what he has called you to accomplish for him. We think that he's interested in all of these little details, and scripture teaches he's interested in us finding out what he wants from us, and then the details will come to us instead of us pursuing them. So what happens in effect is we, Jesus is up here ahead of us a few steps saying, I want you to connect with me. And when you connect with me, you will take the yoke and say, I want your will, God. And when we do that, he says, this is what he says will happen. You will learn of me. Did you know you're going to have very limited understanding of anything really about Jesus? Very little, if any revelation, until you take on his yoke. People pray for an understanding of the scripture. And I'm telling you, we get a tiny bit of seed. And then we put his yoke on and say, here's my life. Make something more of it. And we start having that conversation. And he opens our eyes to have an understanding. He opens our heart to have a, a sense of comfort and direction. Even if things aren't going well in the moment, we start to recognize he's got me. People today more say, God's got this. God's not interested in any of this. He's interested in having you and having me because when he has us, he has this, but he has to have us first. Why? He gave us all authority in the earth. If he's going to have something, he's going to have it through his people. You know how to walk in that authority. So, uh, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly in heart. In other words, he wants us to have the same attitude that he has. We can't do it without him. He said he came to see and do only what he heard the father say, tell him to say, and would show him. Jesus had to depend on the heavenly father in the same way he expects us to depend on him. And a dependency means we go to him and we say, good morning, Jesus, I'm putting your yoke on me. What is it you would have me do? What is it you want from me? And it isn't that that we necessarily go through that action or prayer every day. It changes our heart to be sensitive to him and find out what it is he wants, moment to moment, what it is that he wants us to to hone in on that we're to accomplish for him. Now, he says, and you will find rest under your souls. That means our mind will calm down. That means our anxiety will go. That means our our concern over the economy, the politic, what's going on in the neighborhood, what's going on in our town. Whatever it is that is concerning us, if we take on his yoke, that anxiety will go. Whenever we have a lingering sense of doom or concern, we are not yoked with the master. He will never take us through that. It is not his choice. When we go it that way, we are going it alone. I know that people say, oh, he's always with me. He's living in here, but he's not going to be calming you up here. Why? He wants us to know the difference. Sometimes there's a conflict with what we know God has for us because he loves us and what we're experiencing in our mind and the torment or the anxiety or the confusion. And he doesn't want us to live in that conflict, a wrestling between soul and spirit. We were starting out in Psalms. He was talking about God made us like him in the inward man in here. We're not like him up here until we take on the mind of Christ. And that means to understand how to pay attention to what God says and what he wants and do it his way instead of the conventional way. His way instead of the the, the way the world educates us to think. He won't do it the way the world does because we would not give glory to him if he did. He wants it clearly to be something he's done that we recognize because we ask him to do it and we put his yoke on us and we changed our heart toward our future and what he wants. Many Christians, I believe in this day and age have become so me focused and so selfish that they don't know how to walk with God anymore because it is not first about us. It's not second about us. It's first about him, next about everybody else, last about me. And when we fall out of that order, we are not going to have a good experience, and we are not going to be led by the Holy Spirit because we have become self-focused. Scripture would teach it this way. We have become a God unto ourself. That's really easy to fall into because we think we've got to take control over everything in our life, and he wants us to submit to him, his yoke, so he's in control. And the way he controls us is gently walking side by side with us. He's not going to jerk us around. He's waiting for us to choose to become sensitive to him. And when he takes a step, we take a step. That's what he's looking for. And you'll find rest under your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The plan for God's people at the end of this age during a harvest season is the yoke gets easier the burden gets lighter. How can that happen except by a miracle of God? How can that happen when, when everything in the world is crying out for your attention, for my attention? It's because if we put on his yoke, no yoke of bondage has any room to get on our life. And he keeps us free of those things. He says the anointing will destroy those yokes. Now, other yokes can become superimposed and get in the way. And I believe tonight, one thing he's going to do is, is begin to show you what they are. I know many times people say, oh, we're just going to pray and the yoke is broken. It can be removed for the moment through prayer, but through your habits and patterns, you can enter right back into that yoke. Why? You will wear one. Scripture says we will either be yoked to the master, the Lord Jesus, or the master, uh, the enemy of God of the earth, the spirit of Antichrist. There's really only two. What happens when we think we're doing our own thing, it's the spirit of this world making us feel secure in ourselves, and that never works out well for very long. Now, other yokes, what is one? A resistance that comes against you when you try to do something for the Lord. When you make a decision, you should expect to have a resistance even if you want to get up and pray in the morning. There will be something happen to break the pattern until you say, No, this will be my pattern no matter what. It's so funny, sometimes at the house, this has happened to me innumerable times. I go to pray and I'm having a serious time before the Lord where I'm wanting to hear from heaven and I've taken the phones off the hook. I've done everything that I can do and the phone will ring off the hook. I didn't know it was even possible but I'm telling you it's possible because it's happened again and again and again. So what do I do? And I take them off the hook, I turn them off, I put them in a drawer and I cover them up. Because if they ring, it'll be muffled and I will not be distracted. Why? Because the enemy will try anything. You say, really, the phone? Yeah, it can be quiet for an hour and then start ringing every five minutes when I'm trying to pray. So what do we do? We make provision to honor our commitment to the Lord and put on his yoke. Now, there will be resistance. So that's one th- thing that he will deal with. Another thing is our ignorance and not knowing what to do, not understanding it, particularly this scripture where Jesus is saying, we're going to take it on or it ain't going to happen. Sometimes we, we don't know enough of what the word says to experience what he has. So that's why the teaching before we have the experience, because it breaks the power of Ignorance. It is good. Thank you for that. Then there's competition. There are yokes of competition. I've never seen it be more than it is today. Competition for time and attention on any and every level, because everybody is marketing whatever they've got to you to try to get you to buy into what they have. And most of it is a yoke that will be put around your neck that will prevent the yoke of God if you don't keep it in right perspective. One of those, you know, I've talked about some of these things. Some of the the attachment to devices today is a yoke. Why? We're so entertained and enamored by it or getting information from it that we don't recognize the prophecies being fulfilled that Jesus said we would be a generation longing for information but bereft of him when we want information and we value it too much, we will not have the yoke of Jesus on us because he is not about that. He is about revelation. He is about revealing who he is, what he's about, and how he will make a difference in our lives if we yoke with him. You don't yoke with him in in five minutes a day if you're making a life decision. You know, when, when somebody asks their teenager, well, what are you gonna do? Where are you gonna go to school? Well, I've prayed about that. And I believe he's showing me one of these three. He's not going to show you one of three. He's going to show you the one. So what happens is we narrow down in our mind what we think God would approve of, and we expect that's all, all three are on his list. And it doesn't happen in a five-minute prayer. It happens. If you really want to know, you'll, you'll, you'll go before the Lord in humility and say, I don't want to make a mistake here. And you pray for a whole season. And many times, God's choice is not the obvious one that people are putting before you. That's just something to to, to let the Holy Spirit talk to you about. But there's competition. Now, all of these things have a breakthrough the same way. By putting on his yoke, the other one is destroyed. If you have a difficult time knowing what God wants from you, but you perceive he wants to upgrade your life, That's a frustration you were supposed to have periodically to cry out to him and say, Jesus, I want what you want for me. That's the beginning of putting on his yoke. If it costs me something, it's okay with me. If I have to change my thinking or change my habits or change my patterns or change my address, it's okay with me. If I have to change what I'm doing for work, it's okay with me. I want to do what you want, and if I do, I will be blessed. That's what faith looks like. Faith commits to God before God releases anything. I I teach staff this way. Money will follow your ministry. It will not precede your ministry. You don't go get some money and then decide what you're going to do for the Lord. You'll never get money from the Lord doing it that way. He brings a harvest into your life by acts of obedience. And we'll see that in scripture tonight. Now, his yoke will increase our good works for his cause. That's what will happen immediately. Your eyes will be open to do something for somebody else. Your eyes will be open in how to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Your eyes will be open that you have something to offer that you didn't recognize. You will begin to feel more valuable to God than you used to. That's one of the first things that happens. This is Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship or creation created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Good works will come as soon as we get in touch with who we are. As soon as we put on his yoke, we want to do something more for him. Which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So I, I say things like this. God makes us more a giver than just a taker. That's one of the verses that 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 thought comes from or that captioning comes from. Why, When we yield to him, he changes our nature. He opens our eyes and we begin to do good works. What are good works? The one that he foreordained. The thing that he has in mind. And you should have an awareness, I can do this and make a difference. You don't have to think, I can do this better than anyone else. He didn't say you're going to do perfect works. He said you're going to do good works. Good is a sliding scale. (laughs) In math, good for me was B's and an occasional A and not getting a C. Good in spelling or English or reading or anything like that was 100% or better. Good is a sliding scale, yet the teachers would say, you did good. It's a B. (laughs) But in the, you did good and it's an A plus, and I think, but it could have been a plus plus because it's really 102%. I got the bonus stuff right, you know, but you didn't get a plus plus. Now, why do I say that? Because we don't understand what God is after when he says good works. One area of your life you might look at and say, well, I would only get a C in this. But you've got something, God's plan, that's the A plus. And whenever I went home with the report card as a little kid, I handed it to mom and dad in a way that the A plus showed first. I pointed to it and I said, look at this. And then when it went down to the B, I was just kind of like, please don't notice that and don't say anything because the A plus overshadows the B. I'm telling you, God thinks that way. His identity for you is found in those good things. Now, our prayer life is what keeps us moving toward what that is. You'll not discover it through my teaching tonight. You'll discover it when you begin to talk to God about it. Why? He doesn't want to tell me to tell you. He wants to tell you. He wants you to have that experience again and again and again. And that's what we call being led by the Holy Spirit of God. He's God with us right now. Now, the plan and timing of God will be challenged. You can count on it, not just the the, the overall plan, but the timing. Whenever you come close to uh, coming up to God's crossroads for you, the enemy is going to resist that. Things in your natural life will seem to all go wrong at the wrong moment. It'll seem like there's just all kinds of different things can happen. Now, we don't understand sometimes how the enemy comes against people. Sometimes he just makes us too busy at a critical moment because he knows we will give ourselves to all the business of the day and then ask him for his help instead of doing it the other way around. There's times all hell will break loose in the middle of God's will, and you have to put it underfoot. You have to say, I'm not going to yield to this emotionally. I'm not going to give my full attention to this right now. I've got it in a manageable state, and now I'm going to the throne. You don't leave everything in chaos and leave people hanging, but you don't have to get it to a perfected position again. If the plumbing breaks loose in our basement, I go and turn a valve off, first thing. I want to prevent a flood in the basement because that is an ugly thing to deal with. But I'm going to wait until daylight and probably get the certified plumber to come with all of the stuff to fix it the next morning. And I will sleep fine in the night waiting for the plumber to come. We have to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit just like that. Give God time to move and your heart some peace to hear what it is he wants you to do. Now, the plan and timing of God being challenged, this 2 Corinthians 1.8. This is Paul and Timothy describing this experience as them being pressed out of measure. They're being squeezed out of shape and being squeezed and stressed with some despair. There's going to be moments like that getting to the will of God. There's going to be moments like that in the middle of your doing good works. There's going to be moments like that in the middle of you trying to hear from God. One of the most challenging things, and I tell this to, to people coming up into ministry, when you're wanting to do something strategic and you have the mind of God for a bit of your life and you step out, you will come under great pressure. And the pressure will be, this is not a good time. Or the pressure will be, you're not really up for this. Or the pressure will be, you don't know what you're doing. Or the pressure will be, nobody wants this when you produce it. Or the pressure will be your mind saying, you don't know enough about this. There will always be pressures. What's it trying to do? To squeeze you out of Jesus' yoke into another one. To squeeze you out of his yoke that will increase your comfort and increase your peace and get you all anxious over not thinking you're not in Jesus' yoke when you are. Understand when we, we put on Jesus' yoke and he begins to move, we will feel some pressure around our neck. We will feel him trying to lead us in a new direction. And if we are mule-like in our response, we lock our heels in and say, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel pressure? Because he will gently try to pull us one direction. What we t- typically do say, I don't like how this feels. And I go back to what I'm used to that made me feel good about me. People get in habits and patterns and addictions the same way. Jesus wants to set us free from those things. And we don't get free by chucking the yoke of addiction. We get free by putting on his yoke and he will destroy the other yoke. Without putting on his, we are only kidding ourselves. And there will be a temporary moment of relief because we have euphoria thinking we're set free because we sang the right song and clapped our hands and danced. And the next day we will feel this pressure and think, why am I feeling this way again? This is almost worse than it was before, or it is worse than it was before because we are facing a reality again that has not changed because we have not changed. When we submit to his yoke, change begins in us. And as that change begins in us, the other yoke is destroyed. Why, the work of God in you is greater than the one that's working in the world. And his yoke is external. The source of your yoke is inside you in your heart. When you let Jesus begin to guide you that way by the Holy Spirit, the other yokes will be destroyed and you'll begin to have uh, led by the Holy Spirit life instead of praying moment to moment, hoping that you will be you will recognize these things keep working out. We've got to fight once in a while. We've got some resistance once in a while. We've got to break through some ignorance once in a while. But by and large, we are progressing and God is blessing our life. Why? We are comforted and have his peace. So we don't measure by the results we're looking for. We measure by how it settles in Our soul. Your spirit, when you're obeying God, has the power and ability to translate God's feeling into your heart, and you begin to feel differently. You begin to feel a relief. You begin to recognize, I have made a right decision. Or you will recognize, wait a minute, I am worse off than I ever was before this decision. That could not be God because I am anxious, I do not have peace, and nothing comforts me. Even my creature comforts are not satisfying me and you recognize something is wrong. We learn to be led by the Holy Spirit as much or more when we make mistakes in the beginning than we do finding the right thing. Understand you've probably made 10 times more mistakes in following after God's plan for your life than you have right decisions. Yet God's mercy is so great, the one right decision is enough to go on, and we're so thankful for the one right decision. But we can always think it could have been better than this, Why was it not? Because we weren't up to it. We were outside of his yoke. We were doing it so that we thought we would be prepared to take on his yoke. When I get in a better position, when I have more understanding, when I have more income, when I have more time, whenever you start saying to God, whenever you're going to this and this and this and that, you will never get it that way. You get the more income, the more time by putting on his yoke and saying, I will be yours now. And I will trust you to make those things happen for me because I am answering to you. That's what it means for Jesus to be Lord. Now, many of you, I'm going to say this, this year you will make some critical decisions. That's why this word today. You will make decisions for your future. You will begin to be thinking in terms of the mind of Christ instead of your own way. I truly believe that. And when you do, you will begin to have an experience different than the world and you will have peace when there is tribulation. You will have peace in the middle of a persecution. You will experience God's blessing in the middle of a time of drought or famine. Why would I say that? Because that's the way of God and he teaches us those things in hard times so we won't have to experience the hard in the time. Now, So you will not enjoy everything that happens as God works your circumstances toward his eternal booked experience for you. He has a book in heaven about you. That's another thing that he was saying back there in Psalms. There's a book in heaven with your life, what he's planned for you in the book. It has to do with what he put you in the earth for And what he saved you to when he saved you from hell. He saved you to a life on earth that had reward for eternity as you obey him. And he he's decreed it in heaven, and they have written it in a book. I would want to know, what is it written in his book? Because it's that knowing that changes everything about where we're going in this life. It's that knowing I hear Many people say, oh, here's the six steps to the blessing of God. No, there's one step, put on Jesus' yoke. When you put on Jesus' yoke, you begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and he tells you what's in the book. He tells you and leads and guides you and you'll begin to have experiences. The first would be just a, a still small voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside. I believe I should do it this way. I have an impression an inward impression. Or I have knowledge of Scripture. I'm going to act on the Scripture. Or you just have a knowing. Now I would say at least 80% of the time, I have a knowing. When people talk to me, oh, I'm praying about, many times I will have a knowing. You know, I would, and if they say the wrong thing, I'll say, I would pray about that if I was you. I wouldn't be quick to make that decision if I was you. Because sometimes the knowing is they're doing wrong. It's not me knowing what everybody's gonna do right. That's not my job or my place and I don't want that assignment. That's for each person to know. But when you get to where you know what is the heart of God and you're yoked with him, you begin to operate in what the scriptures call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you come into a knowing of more things than just about you. You'll know how to advise your children. You will know how to to interact in the workplace more successfully. You will know what it is that God's asking to do in your life more and more and more. And you'll have more joy and less anxiety. You'll have more peace. You'll be so peaceful when you walk in a room, you bring comfort to every bad situation. That's an anointing. That's what he has for us. And that's what he wants. That's how he wants us to live. Now, there is a fellowship that increases our peace. This is John 14, Jesus speaking again. He said, if a man loves me, he'll keep my words. That's where we start. We do what the Bible says. And my father will love him and he will come unto him and make, we will make our abode with him. He that does not love me does not keep my sayings and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the comforter who is the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. That's powerful. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. When we increase our time with the Holy Spirit, peace increases. Our knowledge increases. Our understanding increases of the Word. My peace I give unto you. That's a supernatural peace. Our peace improves, and then He says, I'm going to give you my peace. That's a calm in the middle of the storm. That's when Jesus stood up in the boat and said, peace, be still to the storm. And it was calm and everybody's looking at him like, what was that? There are moments we need a what was that from God. Just like that. Now, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives that I give you. Let not your your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, I want to talk about something just for a minute and then we're going to go into worship. I believe that there is an anointing for you to receive, and it has to do with you choosing to take on Jesus' yoke. When I was talking a little earlier, he said he would would lead us unto doing good works. I want to talk to you about what some of those things are. There are things that, that churches are ordained to do. For example, this year, we have to push the envelope toward outreach. You're going to hear me talk about it in every service, even this one. Why? It's a good work that he wants everybody to learn how to do. There's somehow we're going to do that. So we cook a meal and I say, everybody take a meal out, find somebody to minister to. When we don't do that, we are not participating in a good work that he foreordained. Why? He told us as a church to do that, to reach the people of our area. So if we're not willing to hear his word and do the things that he says that qualify good works, why do we think he'll lead us in anything else? See, many times people think, well, I'm not really qualified to do that. Guess what? I was never qualified to do this. I never wanted to do this. It was not on my radar. It was not on my mind. It was not in my scholarship plan. It was nothing, 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 nothing that I thought I was going to do until I put on his yoke. When I put on his yoke, I found out it's easier than I thought it was. I found out I could talk in front of people. I found out I could remember scripture. I even found out that I could put together something to talk about more than five minutes. If you knew me before I was a senior in high school, you think that, eh, boy I can't talk more than five minutes about anything because I was just afraid to talk that long. Didn't have that much to say. Didn't feel that confident. He changes who we are. As we put his yoke on, we find out what's in the book. He changes our nature. How you know you've put on the yoke of the Lord Jesus is you become more like him and you are different than you thought you were. You are not the person that you think you are. You become who Jesus made you to be. What's written in the book starts to make sense to you. And you say things like I say, I wouldn't have picked me. Why did he pick me? He knew what was in my book. He knew what the foreordained was. So here's what I believe will happen. I believe this is an essential thing for us this year. To experience being led by the Holy Spirit, we put on the yoke of the Lord Jesus. We take it on. We say, I am willing to meet your challenge and let your plan for my life change who I think I am into who you made me to be. Now that's risky business. People talk about a life of faith. I just told you what a life of faith is. It's putting on the yoke of Jesus and not taking it off. Many times we put it on and we say, I want your yoke in my finances. You're going to take care of me. I don't want your yoke telling me what I should not eat. I want your yoke to come upon me for peace in my family. But we don't have 30 minutes a day to have a devotion with you. I want you to give me your anointing in church so I can be a a leader and a helper, but I don't have time to listen to the scriptures. I want, and we, what do we do? We're not taking on his yoke except selectively, and we expect our faith to work in the few moments we put the yoke on and don't understand when we take it off, we have removed life's anointing for peace. And we begin to have this this experience that is confusing, that is competing, that can even be tormenting. And we hear a message like this and think, that's great for preachers. I don't want anything to do with that. Then you will not find out what he has written in your book until you get there. And one of the things that happens in the, the final judgment is the books are opened. And what God wants to do is look at the book and look at you and say, they match up, you're with me. That's one of the experiences we're supposed to have. I'm going to tell you a secret. You should be getting some of that feeling in life now. All of us, I believe, want to serve the Lord or we wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night. We have a commitment on the inside to learn of him we have a commitment on the inside to live for him. He's telling us how to do it well. We take on his yoke. That, that, that's the word we think. Yoke means submit, and it means, yeah, it does. Putting on his yoke means I trust you to be my Lord. I will not be my own Lord. You will be my Lord. Well, let's worship. If we can go right into worship, I'm going to tell you how this, this will be tonight. He wants, to have a, he wants you to have an experience with Him and you're sowing seed for that experience as you worship the Lord. That just means from your heart, you want to express your desire for this. I am going to pray before we begin because I've learned that prayer causes the seed to begin to germinate very quickly. That's one of the things prayer will do. It accelerates what's in the heart of God to happen in our own hearts. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you tonight knowing it is your will to do this in our lives to create circumstances in our life that you can move through, that we learn to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, not just when we miss the mark, but also when we get it right. Heavenly Father, you want us to learn what it's like to get things right in sequence again and again and again. We would call it supernatural, but you just say it's an anointed life. Heavenly Father, we want an anointed life, which means your yoke comes upon us, and we respond to you. And as we respond to you, you keep our foot from stumbling. You cause our ways to prosper. You open doors that no man can shut and you shut the doors that no man is to open. And you make our way perfect as we live this life. Heavenly Father, for every family here, for every person here, it's my desire that we experience your Holy Spirit moving upon us and as we worship you and fellowship with you that we be changed through this year more into the image you have in mind, that we enjoy our lives more, that we have an increase of peace, that anxiety go in Jesus' name, that we experience the comfort of the Lord even in the middle of a trial or tribulation period. Father, I thank you for increasing in us health and healing by healing our mind and our way of thinking to submit to you and know it's for our greater good Jesus as we yield to you as our director you will manifest in all the ways we desire to experience you Heavenly Father, thank you for a supernatural kind of life Thank you for miracles that are coming upon the body of Christ through this outpouring Thank you for causing our life to count much more than we ever thought it could and we see the, the, the reward of God upon our lives because of our obedience. Heavenly Father, I come against the confusion. I come against the challenges. I come against the works of the enemy. Your yoke will destroy those yokes, and we'll keep your yoke on and not take on another. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for an increase of freedom and liberty. As we worship you, we're sowing seed for transformation our faith is in you Lord Jesus our faith isn't in our good works our faith isn't in our acts of obedience our faith is focused on you and you're gonna teach us how to yield inside that yoke and we'll learn it's easy and it's light and it's how we're meant to live now father for those who will experience transition in this season i ask that you grease the wheels and make it easier than ever could be expected that you accelerate all things good father that you stop the work of the enemy and father that there be a coming forth of new life continually in every way that will glorify the name of jesus amen well let's just worship you know we we're not gonna have to probably even go too long i forget what the songs are but you just be led by the holy spirit because this is i'm going to tell you this is a supernatural work of faith this is not we're working ourselves up into a frenzy to worship this is just a hard expression as soon as you put your hands up and say jesus i'm taking your yoke upon me he's going to begin to work in your life it's just that
0: easy it's an easy thing thank you for joining us a special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry it's because of you that ministry at living word church is possible you can get more information on our website at go2lwc.org, You can also give online as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can take a screenshot and post it to your social stories. You know what? You can even share it in person with someone who needs encouragement from God's word today. Thanks again for listening. And as always, you're welcome to join us in person where we will worship together and God will minister directly to you. Be blessed this week and be a doer of his word.